Welcome to Financial Perspectives, the podcast, where we cover timely topics related to the current economic environment and keep you up to date on investment news. We also provide insights on how investors can maintain a long-term perspective. Please stick around at the end for important disclosure information. More information about Foster Group can be found in our ADV brochure at fostergrp.com. So oftentimes you don't know what your expectations are until they aren't met. The 2023 Iowa Hawkeye football team has caused many fans to discover that winning wasn't really their expectation for the team. Even if you're not a Hawk fan, hang in there with me for a minute or two. One of my colleagues, who is less of a sports fan, always warns me about using something from sports ball, as she calls it, as an illustration. But here we go anyway. Iowa is 8-2 and two, and is only one controversial officiating call away from having nine wins and one loss. Either way, one of the best records in the country. But in the last three games, the pregame betting line expected each game to be among the lowest scoring in college football betting history. Betters were in effect saying that the Iowa defense was expected to allow very few points and the Iowa offense, ranked at or near the bottom of college football and offensive statistics, was expected to score very few points. If you're an Iowa fan, you love the defense and you roll your eyes or worse at the offense. Even as Iowa went to 6-2, arguably 7-1, fans were so upset with the offense not meeting expectations that the interim athletic director took the extreme step of announcing that the offensive coordinator, the coach's son, would not be retained at year end. So here's the expectations application. If you're an Iowa fan, what was your expectation in terms of a successful season? Was it winning or was it something else? Apparently winning was not the only underlying expectation. It was winning and scoring a lot. And the vocal disappointment of so many Iowa fans makes this discovery of expectations painfully obvious. So what does my sports ball story have to do with investment risk? I like to break out potential investment risks into three categories or types. The first is absolute risk. This just has to do with what's the worst case loss I can imagine. How much can this thing go down in terms of dollars? The second is relative risk, which is how much worse could I do than some kind of comparison benchmark, relatively speaking. Probability risk is what are the costs and how could this impact the odds of not achieving my goal. Relative risk is all about comparison and expectations. Again, it asks the question, how is my portfolio doing compared to, and then we fill in the blank with something called a benchmark. Now the benchmark might be consciously chosen like a stock market index, or maybe something less consciously selected, an unsaid expectation based on a return we heard about from a friend or some other number we've mentally stored away and like. When our portfolio underperforms either the stated benchmark or the unstated expectation, we feel disappointed and we may feel like we must do something. Now, there are dangers with any comparison. As Teddy Roosevelt cautioned, comparison is the thief of joy. Mark Twain changed the word thief to death. Comparison is the death of joy, he said. This is especially true if we're comparing to the wrong thing. For an investor, comparison can be the thief of compounding if it causes us to jump out of our long-term portfolio plan. You know, 2023 is the kind of year where comparisons can cause us to wonder if there's something wrong with our portfolio. So far this year has been a very good one for a very few stocks. Some call them the Great Eight or the Magnificent Seven. Through Friday, November 10th, NVIDIA was up over 220%. Meta was up over 170%, while Apple was lagging 
at 42%. That's hardly lagging. We discussed these eight stocks in our financial perspectives on June 16th. These eight stocks have been the big contributors to the return of the NASDAQ 100, which is up over 40% year to date. They make up eight of the top 15 stocks by company size in that index with Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Nvidia, and Meta representing over 30% of the entire index's value. So the relative risk question asks, how is my portfolio doing compared to some benchmark or expectation? And the risk you feel is directly related to how much your portfolio is underperforming that benchmark or expectation wherever it came from. If your benchmark in 2023 was the highest performing stock, that's comparing to a 220% return from NVIDIA. If it's the NASDAQ 100 index, that's comparing it to a 40% return. If it's to the highest returning country stock market, that would be Argentina so far in 2023, up over 220%. Likely very few diversified and balanced portfolios are holding up well on a relative risk comparison to those kinds of numbers. An important question to ask then when wondering about underperformance or comparison is whether your benchmark for comparison is helpful or even relevant. This year, even the 14% return of the S&P 500 index of US stocks looks disappointing compared to the NASDAQ 100's 40%. That's 26 percentage points of relative underperformance. The way relative risk can trip us up occurs when we compare to the wrong benchmark. We see something that looks like disappointing underperformance, and then we change our course to chase the higher performing asset. So what should be our benchmark? What should we be comparing our portfolio to? You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about how the most important step for an investor is to have a detailed financial plan that include things like time horizons, amounts to be invested, how soon and how many dollars will be needed to come out of the portfolio. The plan should also include some parameters around risk. How much volatility are you willing to endure along the way? What's the most you'd ever be willing to see your portfolio decline? It's that absolute risk measure. A key component of the plan is what average rate of return is required over longer periods to meet your goals. This process generally leads to the adoption of a globally diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, cash, possibly some real estate with an asset allocation customized to your plan. With a portfolio diversified among stocks, bonds, and real estate, investors often wonder, well, what should my benchmark be? Perhaps the most helpful and relevant answer is the average required rate of return for the financial plan to work. That number is almost always lower than the historical average for stocks and likely a bit higher than the historical average for bonds. This makes sense because the diversified portfolio is a blend of stocks, bonds, and cash at a minimum. In a year like 2023, or in any year, or even better, over five and 10 year periods, the return an investor should compare their portfolio to is the long-term average return required to make their plan work. Comparing the portfolio to an all-stock benchmark doesn't make sense because the portfolio needs bonds and cash. They need those lower risk and therefore lower returning assets in addition to stocks. Comparing to an all-stock measure like the NASDAQ 100 this year may cause us to worry about things that don't matter, stealing our joy or at least our peace of mind. So Charlie Munger, who's 90 plus years old, is Warren Buffett's partner, and he recently said that the world is not driven by greed, it's driven by envy. As humans, many of us are competitive. We can't help but want to compare how we're doing to others or with the eye-popping returns that we hear in the news from time to time, like NVIDIA this year. 
While FOMO, the fear of missing out, is a little new to have made the list of the original seven deadly sins, two on that original list are related to FOMO, pride and envy. These can both get in the way of a good investment experience because we let our expectations be formed by someone else's measure of success rather than our own. I'm reminded of a great story told by a financial advisor who had a retired client living in Florida, just as they had always planned. The advisor asked the retiree if they were worried about how their portfolio was doing compared to the S&P 500. The client responded, well, I'm living in Boca and you're telling me that I have plenty of money to do the things that we've always planned on doing now that we're here. Is that right? The financial advisor nodded, yes. Well, then why should I care what the stock market did last month? This person understood that the stock market's return was not their goal. The lifestyle in Florida, in Boca, that was the goal, and they were winning. And if the plan and portfolio were still working to keep that goal secured, he wasn't gonna let comparison in the stock market or envy over the latest high stock returns steal his enjoyment of what was most important to he and his wife. He had learned well how to manage relative risk. We'd say he had the right financial perspective. You know, thanks for joining us this week. If you have topics or questions you'd like to hear us address, or if you'd like to have a conversation with a foster group advisor, please head to our website or drop us an email at perspectives at fostergrp.com. Until next time, remember that educated optimism is an effective antidote to anxious uncertainty. See you soon. The previous presentation by Foster Group was intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Foster Group or any other investment professional of your choosing. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy, or any non-investment related or planning services, discussion or content, will be profitable, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. Foster Group is neither a law firm nor accounting firm, and no portion of its services should be construed as legal or accounting advice. No portion of the content should be construed by a client or prospective client as a guarantee that he or she will experience a certain level of results if Foster Group is engaged, or continues to be engaged, to provide investment advisory services. A copy of Foster Group's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.fostergrp.com disclosures.